Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Glad to have you on the Financial Flight Plan podcast along with Bree Reyes. I'm Ben George. Great to have you on the show today. If you haven't joined us before, talk all kinds of different retirement planning topics. And a lot of times we focus on federal employees because Bree and her father, Tim, over at Estes Financial work quite often with federal employees. And today we're going to be talking about the new vaccine mandate. Bree, I'm sure uh, you know the vaccine has been a topic of conversation in everybody's life. There's no escaping it. But now it's front and center with these federal employees. Yes. President Biden came out and it was a Around September 9th is, is, was the first order of the, uh, the sweeping new federal vaccination requirements. And so this is, this is very different. This is something we haven't dealt with in the past. In his words, it is an all-out effort to curb surging COVID-19 Delta variant. Mm-hmm. And there's already been Republican leaders and some union chiefs, too, that are not happy with this. Immediately, almost immediately when it was announced, legislation was introduced to end the vaccination mandate. Right. Uh, and, and so it's actually this it's Stop Vaccination Mandates Act, I'm trying to repeal that. September 20th kind of laid it out and... It was when it was proposed in the House, and I think it was the 24th when it was proposed in the Senate. So, and there's already talks of lawsuits. There's already talks of uh, how is this going to affect employees? And the Office of Payroll Management was already, and we've talked about this in a previous podcast, but they already had a backlog. Right, right. <laughs> for retirements, mm-hmm. just already. People have, a lot of people joined federal service right after 9-11. Either they, you know, they were patriots and decided that they wanted to go work for the government and try to try to fix the country. And so their 20 years is up. Right. So there was already a giant backlog. And now with this, quite frankly, they're saying discipline for unvaccinated federal employees can start on November 9th. The Office of Personnel Management came up with. Right. And. If, because employees aren't considered fully vaccinated until two weeks after receiving a single shot series or the second dose of a two shot series, they've got to get this vaccination by November 8th to comply with the federal mandate. So, mm-hmm. but I know when we release this podcast, we'll be pretty close to that time. Yep. And then agencies can start the disciplinary process. Failure to comply with the federal vaccination mandate is an act of misconduct, and there's a legal precedent for punishing federal employees over failing to comply with the vaccine mandate, according to OPM. Remember, this is all according to OPM. Mm-hmm. And they, tied a, they, they cite a couple a, a court case. And OPM's working on developing guidelines, but there's quite a few. I'm getting calls left and right of employees that are retiring specifically because of this vaccination mandate or, or trying to figure out how they can get ready to retire because they are not vaccinated and for either moral, religious, ethical, whatever their reasons are, um, they don't want to be vaccinated. And so I have a feeling this is going to be a problem. Now, they apparently you can receive an exemption 
And then you don't, you're not immediately fired. They're going to start providing counseling and education to the federal workers that aren't vaccinated. Hmm. Agencies are supposedly going to use a counseling period to remind the employee again of the vaccination requirement, emphasize that failure to comply will lead to discipline up to and including, and this is very important, and including removal or termination, address any questions, and inform the employee that they will have a short period of time five days to submit documentation establishing either the initiation or completion of vaccination as applicable or request an exemption. It's quite, you know, this is not a, this is not a carrot situation that, you know, a lot of times employees use, employers use carrots and sticks to kind of get their employees to, to work the way they want them to. This is not a carrot situation. This is a big, heavy stick that the federal government is threatening its employees with. And it is scaring quite a few people. And and quite frankly, part of it, it it doesn't, the idea of counseling period really actually doesn't meet the administration's intent of health and safety goals either, because now you have a five-day period where, so, so they're talking out of both sides of their mouths. Shocking. Shocking to everybody, the federal government does not completely agree on something. I know. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's really interesting to watch. And it's interesting to see certain departments of the federal government are exempt. The Department of Veteran Affairs has its own unique vaccination mandate. So it's, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm concerned about this. And I'm concerned about this for a couple of other reasons. If they already have a backlog and we're already taking right now, the average time to process an application is 94 days. Three months. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's just the average time. I'm worried about if we get a long claims period. The the longest time I've seen is, well, in July, we were at 95 days. So I'm just a little concerned with the claims received, the backlog, how long it's taking, if people end up retiring because of this, how how long they're going to be without a pension. That's what I was going to ask. Like what what is that process? So like you say 90 95 days, let's say. Let's say let's say 100 days. Let's round it to 100 days. I'm sure we'll hit that point. Hit that number at some point. What, oh, I'm what, sure they will too. What's happening in that 100-day period from the time you submit your paperwork until the time is processed? Are you just left in limbo, especially in this case if you if you're no longer employed, what are you doing in those hundred days? Well, and this is, see, this is the case because I have, I have, I have meetings all next week. I am block full. I am working back to back to back meetings with people trying to help them figure out how to do this. Um, I had a client right now. So long story short, you're going to get your final paycheck and you're going to get, if you have annual leave, accrued annual leave, you'll get that. Now that's paid out by the way. But not 100%. They, they withhold taxes from that. Of course. Of course. Everybody loves that. Um, they get really kind of annoyed by that. But taxes get withheld from that. And that happens pretty quickly. That happens within two or three pay periods of retirement. But then you're supposed to start receiving a, you're not your final pension number, because it takes a while to calculate that. Obviously, we have a backlog. So you're supposed to start receiving a partial payment of your pension. And eventually they catch up. I don't know. I have heard people are going six months without, I've heard a six months without even a partial payment. Now I'm not sure if that their retirement paperwork was complete. If that was a problem on their end, if that was a problem on OPM's end, I'm not sure. 
but that's six months without a partial payment of a pension, if that's true. But it's, I really like most clients, even when OPM doesn't have a massive backlog, of having three to six months of essential living expenses setting, set aside for just in case. Now I'm telling people six to 12. Wow. So you're doubling it pretty much. Yeah. Because unfortunately, you cannot call your mortgage company and be like, hey, the federal government's taking a while to figure out my pension. You know, mm-hmm. can we just not? I mean, you still have to pay your bills. And so we're, we're really, really concerned about this situation and concerned about where that's going to leave the state of our federal workforce. And it takes a long time to hire people to work in the federal government. I, I've known people that have been in the process for a very, very long time. And, and rightfully so. They have to do background checks and they have to do their thing. But where, where are they going to, how are they going to fill these spots? Right. They're already massively understaffed right now, as is in some departments. So I, it's it's something that all Americans should be aware of and consider, even if they're not a federal employee. But if you're a federal employee and you, most of you know about the vaccination mandate, I know you do because I'm getting emails about it left, right and center and calls. But this should be something that is seriously concerning to you. And so and you can request a medical or religious exemption. We kind of talked about that a second ago, but let's talk about what that entails because a lot of people, I mean, that's a lot of, this is the first time a lot of people are doing this and I expect there to be some lawsuits. I've already heard rumblings of lawsuits. So we'll, we'll see how this works out, but there is a safer federal workforce task force. Man, that is, that is a (laughs) mouthful. I mean, even for the federal government, that's a mouthful. Workforce de- force ta- task force. Yeah. Okay. Workforce <laughs> safer federal workforce task force. Okay. They declared recently this week, Monday night, in another round of frequently asked questions, that they are giving guidance to contractors and federal employees. And so the Biden administration didn't exact didn't entail detail exactly what kinds of medical or religious reasons might grant an employee an exemption. But it did offer more hints as to what employees might expect if they pursue this route. So this is what I found kind of interesting. Determination whether an exemption is legally required will include consideration of factors such as the basis for the claim, the nature of the employee's job responsibilities, and the reasonably foreseeable effects on the agency's operations, including protecting other agency employees and the public from COVID-19. So, and there's more of this is coming soon. So it gave two, they gave two sample templates and its guidance. I don't think this is going to be as easy to get as people initially thought. Employees have got to sign and declare their responses are accurate according to the template. And then this is the scary part. And this is scary anytime you file your taxes too. People don't realize this. This applies when you file your taxes as well. Any intentional misrepresentation to the federal government may result in legal consequences Hmm. for an employee in this case including termination or removal from federal service. And if you're filing a religious exemption, that the sample that they gave out, ask the employees to describe the nature of basically of their beliefs, which is interesting. Yeah. Especially since this country was founded on separation of church and state. And now in order to get this exemption, the state is asking to know about the church. And so it, it asks the employees to describe how long they've held their particular religious beliefs. 
and whether they've received any vac other vaccination in the past. And if they have, employees would have to explain why their religious objections apply to certain vaccines, but not others. So this, right. it, it's, it's very like broad. So, and then the, if you're looking at a medical exemption, the sample form asks the employees to declare whether they're seeking the exemption from the federal vaccine mandate. Their doctor, so now you have to take it to your doctor, would have to describe the employee's condition, medical circumstances for which the vaccine might pose a risk, and cause a serious adverse reaction to the patient. So, and then the sample form has a signature spot for not just you, but also your doctor. This is a slippery slope, and it, I'm really uncomfortable with this. And I think that this is really going to hinder OPM's ability to process retirement applications. Mm -hmm. And everybody gets mad right now during tax season when you try to call the federal government and you get a phone that just rings and rings and rings. It's going to get worse, people. So it's something to think about. It's something to know about. And although if you decide to, to comply, you change your mind for whatever reason and you decide to comply, the agencies can pause discipline. So they've set that up in there. It's, it's very interesting. For example, there was a hearing with the House Homeland Services Committee. The Department of Homeland Security said that only 64% of its workforce is vaccinated. Right. 40% of the labor. I mean, a little less than 40% of the labor force, though, that, is, that may be fired. The Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, that's nuts. Kind of, kind of a big one for us. Have they, have they said so, at all about whether or not, like if you, like my thought is, you know, usually when you get fired or terminated, it affects your ability for benefits or, you know, any kind of package that's, that you had. Is, is that the case at all? Will it affect your retirement pension or anything? It, Do you know? The, there's, it's going to be, yeah. Well, this is, the courts may have to decide some of this. Yeah. Normally if you get fired, yes, it can, it could affect certain things. And that's why a lot of people are just rushing to retire. If they're close enough, they're just rushing to retire, go out on their own terms. I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. And that's the scariest part of this. Yeah. And so I know normally we talk about, we spend a lot of time talking about taxes and inflation on this podcast because, you know, I hate them. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty open about my dislike, I guess, I think people taxes yeah. and inflation. <laughs> um. But because of what's going on right now between, and we just talked about the vaccine mandate today. We also need to talk about the fact that there, we have just kicked the can down the road for a government shutdown again. We have a debt ceiling issue potentially again. Um, and all these things affect federal employees. I want to offer to our listeners a federal retirement impact report. I mean, this is a very substantial report as we kind of talk about it. It's going to go through and it's going to show you what would happen if you retire on a certain date? What your pension's going to look like? What your special retirement supplement will look like if you're eligible for that? Where your TSP would be? How much your group life insurance is going to cost? How much your long federal long-term care insurance is going to cost? And so it really goes into helping make that decision. It's something we're doing for a lot of our clients right now, but I want to make it, I want to offer it on the podcast as a benefit or a, a way to help you through this vaccination mandate and this uncertainty. What's the best way for someone to get their hands on that, Brie? Oh, that's a really good question. Send us an email at info at estesfinancial.net, E-S-T-E-S-F-I-N-A-N-C. 
CIAL.net. So info at EstesFinancial.net or call our office 817-444-8402. Once again, 817-444-8402. There's some information we're going to need from the federal employee that calls in and we can kind of go over it with them. But I, I just, I think this is super important when you're making massive major life choices. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the Federal Retirement Impact Report, which you can request. And again, after hearing everything we talked about today and all the uncertainty that is to come, this is a great time to take advantage of that. Again, info at estesfinancial.net. Time now to get to know Bree away from work. Today's question, Bree, as we learn more about you, is what's something that you think is worth spending more money on to get the best quality? Hmm. My husband and I have this not argument. Well, Keem's the best person on the planet, so I'm not going to call it an argument. And he's probably, we have a quality versus quantity uh, tug of war in our house sometimes. My husband is the buffet fan. (laughs) So, sorry, that was a snort. Uh, (laughs) He is a quantity king. I am a quality princess, he calls me. (laughs) um so it's a it's a back and forth a little bit like he has no problem eating at the crappy chinese buffet because the amount of food that he can pack away right i eat about five bites of it and like this is terrible (laughs) why are we here (laughs) um so for me i think the biggest thing is food yeah quality food quality fruits quality vegetables it drives me nuts in our fast food culture that we're at today that, for example, a well-known religious chicken restaurant that need not be named today charges more for their healthier sides yeah. than they do for their bad sides, their unhealthy sides. I guess not bad. There's no food judgment here. They're unhealthier sides, I guess. I don't know. And that drives me nuts. That drives me nuts. I really want... I, I think people should be rewarded for taking care of their bodies and making the the choice or at least be equal to the to the French fries or to the other other stuff. So it's it's food. It's always food. <laughs> I'm a, a foodie. A it always, always, always boils down to food when it comes to me. <laughs> it's a good one. I mean, I, there are people that like the uh, the Vienna sausages in a can, Brie, but I, I'm with you. Like if you want to eat healthier and you want to be just kind of feel better all around. And not only like oftentimes the taste is so much better too. That's a good one. I I, I think mattress is one that I I think is a oh mattress is really good too. And see, I'm it. not I'm not such a snob that I don't like Vienna sausage in a can or spam. I like it you too. Know, yeah, I mean I don't mind it. Big secret in our in the world, Tim makes some of the best spam. My dad can wow. cut spam like none other, and I don't know if it's this time in the military or I don't know it. My mom's not a spam fan, so she doesn't, but I will gobble that stuff up. Nate eats it. Wakeen eats it. Like, it's awesome. Uh, who I, I didn't know anybody could make a good spam. That's, that's, that's incredible. I know. It's his, it's his hidden skill. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's close, <laughs> let's close out today's uh, episode of the podcast with a question from one of our listeners. Grace in Arlington sent this in to us via estesfinancial.net. She said, My dad died just six months ago, and I'm a little worried about my mom, who's in her late 70s and is now in charge of handling the investments for the first time in her life. I don't know much about it myself, so what should I tell her to do? Ooh, go talk to a professional. And you may, if she's okay with it, Grace, 
want to go with her. And, and what you want to look for is you want to look for a certified financial planner. You want to get on brokercheck. It's brokercheck.org or .gov. I'll take a look at it right here now. But you want to go, you want to see brokercheck. So B-R-O-K-E-R-C-H-E-C-K dot FINRA, F-I-N-R-A dot org. Or just Google brokercheck. And you can do background history of the firm that you're talking to, the financial advisor that you're talking to, to just see if there have been any complaints, any settlements, any anything that's maybe a little hinky. But really, sitting down with a professional and learning is the best thing you both can do together. I just had this happen a couple of um, weeks ago. One of my clients brought in her mom, and it was awesome. We were able to talk through everything. We were able to kind of take a look at everything see what was going on. And I could educate not only the daughter, but also the mother about what she had. And when we talked about, you know, what more, more moving forward with what she, if she feels comfortable with what she owns. So this is always this, that would be the best thing I think you can do. And you want to look for someone who is either fee only or fee based. You want a fee based financial advisor. You do not want someone charging you commissions and a fiduciary. You want to make sure that they are their interest is behind yours or aligned with yours. But I always that is that is the first step I always recommend, and I think it's great that you're looking out for your mom this way. Yeah, no question. Thank you for that, Grace. I uh, hope uh, you and your mom are doing okay, and uh, best of luck to you with everything. And, and again, if you mm-hmm. want to work with Bree or talk with Bree, get some thoughts from her uh, and sit down and have that meeting and start going over some of this stuff and talking through some of these investments, you can always do that uh, by calling 817-444-8402 and also estesfinancial.net. We'll close out this episode of the show. Again, a lot to, to be thinking about in ter- if you're a federal employee and, and plenty to discuss. And again, I think the final message, Bree, is you can't have too much saved at this point, right? If you haven't done it, stick away a little bit extra and, and build up that emergency fund. You can't have too much saved. It's not too early or too late to start planning. If you need help, give somebody a call. Grace, you're, you will be in my thoughts and prayers. That's, I can't imagine bearing a parent. I am. That's the day I dread more than almost anything right now. Um, and to those of you listening, go out and lead an abundant life.